Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. All right, good morning. Good morning. It is so, so good to be with you this morning. I really, I love being here. I love church. I love all of you. Thank you, Joel. Uh, Yeah, I'm just excited. This has been a really exciting month. I know Justin just shared uh, all the stuff that we have coming. And we've really been celebrating, you know, our, our two years as a church. So our second birthday, you know, we had that celebration. And it's just been a really special time. And we have really uh, looked at the theme or the concept of Scan the Horizon as we have uh, prepared for this month, you know, and Scan the Horizon. And it comes out of Habakkuk, <laughs> Habakkuk, I could always keep saying that one, Habakkuk 2, 1 to 3. And this is what it says. It says, what, what's God going to say to my questions? I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb to the lookout tower and scan the horizon. I'll wait to see what God says, how he'll answer my complaint. And then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming, it can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way, and it will come right on time. And before I get into everything else that I want to share this morning, I just really felt as I was preparing for this and preparing to speak to you, God just kept really impressing on my heart that there is some people, a person who just really needs to receive that today, that God has given you a vision. He has called you to a certain purpose. He has a plan and he has shown you what it is. And you're just wondering like, when is it going to happen? I don't even know when or how. And I keep, I know I'm supposed to do it. I just don't know when. And I just want you to just to really take it to heart that it says, if it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way and it will come right on time. So whoever that is for, take that to heart, that it's coming. God's timing is perfect, and it's coming right on time. All right? All right, so scan the horizon. So I love this concept because I love that it means, like, it's so easy for us to get, like, blinders on, you know? And it's like all we can see is the stuff that's right in front of us, and we're kind of marching through the day with the stuff we have to get done. And it can be great stuff, like all the good stuff that we love to do. Sometimes there's challenges and there's things that cause pressure and stress, but it's just kind of like we're marching through. But Scan the Horizon is this vision, like this picture of us actually like lifting up our eyes and looking out, right? It's not just right down here. It's like looking up, looking out, and seeing what God is doing. Because the horizon is that point where heaven and earth meet, right? So it's looking to see what God is doing. And I love how it's just this visual of that, like lifting up our head. And I love that the horizon is also like a 360-degree perspective. Because we can look ahead and we can say, like, look what God is going to do. You know, look what he is going to do. But it also means that we can look like right here, like right now. What's God doing right now? And we can look behind us and think, like, look at all the great things God has done in our past, all the things he has brought us through. You know, he has been faithful. He has been so faithful. And that's what Justin and I have really enjoyed as we have prepared for this series is just getting to look to the past and see, like, look at all the great things that God has done in the life of Vivid Church in these past two years. Beautiful things. And look at the great things that are going on right now. You know, all of you, like, great things going on. We're so excited. 
And then we've been able to like look ahead and see, like, okay, God, what do you have for the future of Vivid Church? And Justin shared some of those upcoming things like Tanzania and a few new locations popping up. And then the Vivid Church Conference coming in February. So really exciting things. Like we are just, we're so, so excited. And last week, Justin shared about what does it mean to be a person with vision? What does that look like? And it was a really great message. If you weren't here or you didn't get to hear it, you can go on the Vivid Church app. And that message is there. And I love you, Justin. I love everything you share. So it's a really great message. And um, if yeah, it's there if you want to hear it or if you want to listen to it again. And so uh, the Vivid Church app, making sure I'm getting all my, my details together. You know, I don't want to miss anything. Um, so this morning, I want to share uh, just something uh, from Ephesians, actually. Um, and I've, I've titled my message, You've Got Great Eyes. You've Got Great Eyes. And I, I love eyes. I really do. Like, I, I love eyes. I love looking at the color of people's eyes. I love noting the different flecks. And, like, there's just so much going on in an eye. Do you know what I mean? And I just, I love them. And just as a random fact, uh, we have, well, we have seven kids. Um, but the, the first six are, they actually all have a different eye color, all six of them. So Zion, we don't know yet because his are still kind of, takes a while for their eye color to really, like, set. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but the first six all have their own eye color. It's crazy. Anyway, just a little random fact. So what I want you to do is I want you to turn to the person on the right of you, and I want you to say, you've got great eyes. Yeah, you've got great eyes. You've got great eyes. Okay, and now I want you to turn now to the person on the left, on the left of you, and I want you to say, the person on my right has really great eyes. The person on my right has got really great eyes. All right. All right, you've got great eyes. Okay, I'm just going to pray. Father, we love you. I love you so much, and I'm thankful for this time that we have together. And I thank you for each person who's here, and I thank you for your word. And I just pray that you uh, would be with us and help us to know you more in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning I'm going to be speaking out of Ephesians 1, 15 to 21. So if you have your Bible or if you have the app on your phone, you can turn there, Ephesians 1. Uh, this week I was reminded just how powerful and captivating the Word of God is. It really is just captivating. And actually my son, Arrow, uh, he reminded me of that because um, recently in Vivid Kids, and Vivid Kids really have amazing, amazing leaders. I'm really thankful for the leaders that we have over there. They really teach the Word of God, and they had challenged all of the kids to, like, read their Bible every day. It was this challenge, you know? And so for um, my younger two boys, obviously they're not at Bible reading level yet, so I was reading to them for their, to get their Bible reading for Vivid Kids and um, so then that challenge ended, and my son Arrow, he, was, he just was captivated by the Bible. And he's like, well, I know the challenge is over, but can we just keep doing it, Mom? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, oh, yeah, of course we can keep doing it. So, um, and if you know Arrow, or if you've ever seen him, or you've talked with him, or you've heard him talk, he 
loves to talk. Like he is a talker. He's got the gift of talking. <laughs> and um, he really loves to share. And he's also one of those people that's like always in motion. Just some part of him's always moving and dancing and you know, he just can't be still. And but yet when I read the Bible to him in the, at nighttime, he's honestly he sits there, he's quiet, he's captivated, he loves the language, he's just all like into it. And and I was flipping through and I was like, okay, where are we tonight, Arrow? And he's like, well, you just finished talking about all the fathers and all their sons. Like, he's honestly into the genealogies. Like, he's like, yeah, all those fathers and all their sons. Why aren't they just loving the names? Anyway, I was just reminded, like, the word of God is beautiful and it captivates. You know, it captivates our heart. So today we can just lean into God's word because it's, it's alive and it's powerful and it can captivate our heart, you know? So Ephesians 1, 15 to 21. It, this is uh, Paul. He's writing a letter to a church in Ephesus. So he's writing to the Ephesians. And he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. So I'm just going to pause right there. I'm going to carry on in a little bit, but I want to just pause right there. How beautiful that is that it talks about that the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, may give you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him, in the knowledge of him. And I love how it's this concept of knowing God more, knowing God more. But the thing we always need to remember is when it talks about, like, the Spirit of God revealing himself to us, the thing about God is that he is so gentle, and he is so kind, and he, he is never one to force himself into our life. It says that he stands at the door and he knocks. You know, he wants us to know him. He wants to have relationship with us. He really does. But it's, it's for us to then say, yeah, I do want that. I want to know you more. I want to be in relationship with you. I, I want to grow. I want to know you. That's, that's for us to open that door and say, yeah, I do want to know you. So when it talks about the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation coming, it's, it's really just this beautiful thing. If, if we want it, he, he wants to reveal himself to us. But we really need to, to be the ones to be like, yes, God, I do want to know you more. And that takes time, and it takes effort to know people. It takes, like, relationship doesn't just happen. It actually takes time and energy and effort, right? Like, when Justin and I were dating, we actually didn't live in the same city, so we really had to be intentional in getting to know each other. So we would actually uh, write letters, like old-fashioned paper letters that you actually, like, mail... (laughs) This is 1998. Like, we wrote letters. And we didn't even have an email address. Like, we actually just wrote letters. So you really had to put, like, time into it and write it all out. And then we'd send it. And then you'd have to wait to get their, you know, response back. But we have all those letters still. That's pretty special that we still have them. And um, so, and it takes, just takes time and energy and effort to get to know someone, right? Like, we actually talked on a phone, like an actual phone that's plugged into a wall with buttons. Like, actually, we didn't have cell phones. We were not of the elite few that had them, it seemed, in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Morris with the big clunky thing. Um, so, it, but it takes time and it takes effort to get to know someone. And that's how it is in our relationship with God. It actually takes effort on our part to spend time with him and to communicate with him and to to allow him to reveal himself to us 
Do you know what I mean? We, are we all together here? So we get to know God by taking time. You know, we get to read, read his word, which I've heard people refer to as like a love letter from God. You know, it's all about who he is and what he has for us and how much he loves us and communicating with him. That's how we grow. Like that spirit of wisdom comes when we take time to know God the Father. And then it says that as we grow in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our heart will be enlightened. What a great concept that is. The eyes of our heart will be enlightened. Meaning that, you know, the heart, which kind of symbolizes all of us, you know, our physical, our spiritual, our emotional, means the eyes of our heart will actually be enlightened, meaning they will, we will see clearly. We will have clear vision of who God is. And I also believe that as we, as we are, the eyes of our heart are enlightened, it also means that we will have clear vision to see, you know, the world around us, the people around us, and to also see ourselves clearly, you know, that the darkness will go and that the light will come and that we will have clear vision as the eyes of our heart are enlightened. It's just this beautiful, beautiful picture. And um, uh, having clear vision is important, obviously, as we've been talking about vision, scanning the horizon, just having that clear vision. And vision is something that's really been talked about in our house a lot lately, because uh, our youngest is almost three months, and so as soon as he came home, so in our family it goes girl, girl, boy, girl, boy, boy, boy. And so the two little boys that are just above Zion, our baby, their like, main goal in life is to make people laugh. Like that's just, that's just their highest goal is to like get people laughing, to be silly. And um, so <laughs> as soon as Zion came home, it's always like, Zion, look at this. Zion, look at this. As they're doing funny faces and funny dances and just trying to get him to laugh. And I'd always have to be like, oh, you know what, boys? He, I'm sure he would love that. He just can't see it right now because you're just too far away. And then that really triggered of like, what? What are you talking about? So with infant vision development, when they're first born, they really can only see about 18 to 15 inches, which is really like when you're holding a baby, they can really about see your face, and that's about it, you know? And then as the baby grows, their vision also develops. You know, at first it's like black and whites, and then after some months, colors start to come in, and then they get to more clear color palette, and they can see all the different shades and everything. And, and they can also see farther away and see more things that are going on. As they get older, their vision also gets stronger, clearer, and they can see more. And I just feel like it's so true even in our relationship with God. Like for those of you who have a brand new relationship with God and it's really new and it doesn't all make sense and there's just seems like a lot, but there's just it's so hazy and dark. But you just need to look at the face of Jesus. That's all you need to look at is his face. You know, he's the one who's holding you and he loves you. And you just need to look at his face. That is the most important thing is to look into the face of the one who loves you, you know? And as you, you know, for those who have been in relationship with God longer, then, uh, you know, your vision starts to grow as well. And you're able to see more things and understand more things. But also with that comes a lot of distractions, right? There's a lot of different beliefs that come and go. There's a lot of different opinions out there. And sometimes it can just be distracting. And even though our vision grows, we still need to look into the face of Jesus, right? You just focus on his face. Because as we spend time with our Father, then we know him more. And we can actually see clearer. You know, we actually get clearer understanding. And it's not all confusing. It's not dark and blurry. It becomes more clear. We just need to focus on his face. 
So um, I feel like as we spend time with Jesus and, you know, the eyes of our heart are enlightened, there's this change in our perspective that takes place. And the way I like to look at it is, is like a lens, a lens. As we spend time with the Father, it's like he gives us this new lens to look through so that we can see things in a new way. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading in Ephesians, and this is what it says. So after it talks about the eyes of our heart being enlightened, it says that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, which are, uh, wait, where am I here? The hope to which he has called you, okay, comma, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So there's this lens that I feel like, this is the way I, I envision it, you know, just so I can understand. There's this lens that God gives so that we're able to see clear. The eyes of our heart will be enlightened so that we can see more clearly. And it talks about there being three aspects to this lens. And I just want to talk about those three aspects. That It's like this lens. And the first aspect, it says that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. So the first aspect of that lens, if you're taking notes, you could say like the first aspect of that lens is hope. He wants you to look through this lens and he wants you to see others and him and yourself with eyes of hope, you know? I feel like hope springs out of a place of knowing that we are made with a purpose, that God has a plan for our life, okay? Uh, it says in Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And then in Isaiah 26, 3, says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You know, when we have that hope, it leads to peace, it leads to joy, and it comes out of this place of knowing, like, I can trust God. He has a purpose for my life. I am made for a reason. I can wake up every morning with that anticipation and that expectation, knowing that God does have a real plan and a real purpose for my life. It's a good plan because he's a good God. He is a good father. He is loving, and he has a good plan for us. And it's really that hope within us, knowing I am made for a reason. I don't just wake up and wonder, like, huh, I wonder why I'm here. It's like, no, God made me for a reason. I can wake up with that, and it's that hope that sustains us. I feel like hope sustains us. It's something that carries us through. So again, if you're writing notes, you could say it's the hope that sustains. A hope that sustains. It carries us through. It's so easy for us to ride through different feelings and emotions and circumstances. You know, the ups and the downs, the goods and the bads. But it's that hope that sustains us and sees us all the way through. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just fluctuate with what's going on in our life. It's consistent. If you think about a piano, like I love the piano and I love all the different sounds that it makes, but when you hit that sustain pedal, it just holds and it holds and it holds. And that is what hope is. It, it sustains us. So the first aspect of that lens is a hope that sustains us. And then the second aspect that it talks about in Ephesians, it says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance? So the second aspect of that lens that God wants to give us to see through is this uh, lens 
of inheritance. Now, inheritance, often when we think of it, it means that someone has passed away and they have left their, you know, their possessions. Maybe it's their money, their house, their car. They've left it for someone specific. It's an inheritance. It's given usually to their kids or whoever they have said it's for. Now, in this case, uh, we do receive an inheritance because of Jesus' death on the cross. You know, Jesus died on the cross, so we get to inherit because of that. But the good thing is that Jesus didn't just die and stay dead. Jesus rose from the grave, you know, and we, we live, we serve a living God. He is alive. You know, he died on the cross and he, he rose again. But because of his death, it says that we inherit eternal life. You know, we inherit eternal life. So we have this eternal Uh, I don't know, it's like paradise, right? We get to look forward to. We are not uncertain about what is to come. We are are confident and we are secure in the fact that we have this beautiful inheritance to look forward to. So we have an eternal inheritance, but we also have an inheritance right now because it means that because of what Jesus did on the cross, we now are children of God, right? We are no longer separated from God because of sin. It says that we can now be called his children, You know, we belong to God. We are his children. He is our father. And I feel like with that sense of knowing, like not only am I eternally secure, but right now I am secure as well because I belong to God. I am a child of God. I know who I am. He is my father. And that there's no more question about identity. There's no more questions about like, I don't know. I just don't know where I belong or if I belong or if anyone cares. Yeah, we care. We really care because we are the family of God. And God loves you and God loves you so much that he has a purpose for you, a plan for you. And we are the family of God, right? Because of what Jesus did. It's this beautiful sense of belonging. So it's an inheritance that secures we are secure because of what Jesus did. You know, we have eternal security, but right now we we belong, and you're not alone. You belong here as part of the family. And so uh, these aspects we've talked about so far, it's the hope that sustains us, and then it's an inheritance that secures us. It makes us secure. Like, you belong. You belong here. And then lastly, the last aspect of this lens that God gives so that the eyes of our heart will be enlightened is uh, it says that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us. So it's a lens of power, a lens of power. Oh, I think I missed my verses. Let me go back. Oh, they were so good too. I don't want to miss them. Okay, let me go back. So go back to inheritance for a second. I missed my verses. So when it talks about us being children of God, it's 1 John 3, 1. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And then Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. All right, so you are children of God. You belong He is our Father, and how beautiful that is. All right, now I'm going to go ahead again to power, this lens of power towards us. And um, honestly, I was trying to find the right verses to share for these points, you know, and I started looking up uh, different verses about power, and there's just, it's just amazing. Like, I get goosebumps. I'm going through, and I'm like, Justin, I just don't know which ones to choose. Like, there's so many about God's power, and they're beautiful, and they're just awe-inspiring. But uh, so these are the ones I decided to go with. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to 
do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us. That power at work within us does immeasurably more than we could ever even think or imagine. I love that. And then this one, this is a long one, but I just, it's so beautiful. All right, so Job 26, 7 to 14. It says, God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the rain in his thick clouds, and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with his clouds, and he created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at his rebuke. By his power, the sea grew calm. By his skill, he crushed the great sea monster, and his spirit made the heavens beautiful. And his power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does, merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? Ooh, like we serve a powerful God. He, he is loving and good, and he is powerful. Like he, is, he is almighty God. And that same power, the power that raised Christ from the dead so that Christ you know, conquered death, that same power is at work on our behalf. It is working alongside of us every moment of every day. That power is there with us, the power of God. So no matter what situation we're facing, no matter what we need to go through, that power of God is there with us because Jesus is with us. And it says that, I love how it says this, it says that the power, his power that's towards us. Now, what a way to envision that, like his power towards us, meaning that God is already on the other side of whatever battle it is you're facing, and his power is then coming towards you, making a way for you to then go through. Do you know what I mean? It's his power coming towards you. His power is for you. you know. And I think that when we recognize and we have that lens on and we can start to see like, oh, I can start to view things through the power of God, then that actually brings simplicity to our life. Simplicity. Now, simple does not always mean easy. I'm not saying that makes our life easier because we will face battles and we will face hard times. The Bible says that we will, that hard times will come, that we will face these challenges. But when they come, the power of God is with us. And that brings simplicity because the fear can be gone. The anxiety can be gone because we know that the power of God is with me and I can go through anything because the power of God is working towards me how great is that power of God? And I think that brings a simplicity to our life because it's no longer a question of can I or can't I? It's like, yes, I can. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things because of his power. And we can have that confidence. And it just brings a simplicity when we can walk in confidence, not feeling unsure, right? Unsure, that's a bad feeling. But confidence is like, oh, yeah, I've got this, not in my own strength, but because the power of God is for me and with me and is at work within me. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? God is so good. So I just, I, uh, I just wanted to really encourage all of us today, you know, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, which comes as a result of us spending time with the Father, just looking at his face, knowing him more. Then we actually get better vision, right? The eyes of our heart are enlightened. And again, it was, you know, the, the lens that he gives us has those three aspects, a hope that sustains us and has an inheritance that secures us and then a power that really just simplifies. It's like, yeah, I can, I can because of God. God's on my side. So, um, and today I just wanted to encourage you, like maybe you came here today and you just felt 
uh, a little bit hopeless or you felt like, you know, I don't know if I have anyone in my life. I don't know where I belong. And I don't really, I don't really feel like I can get through what I'm facing right now. I just want to encourage you that God wants to give you that lens of hope and inheritance of belonging and also of power. Uh, 14 years ago, uh, Justin and I had our, our very first baby, and uh, her name is Kezia. And, and she came really, really, really fast and eight weeks early. So we, Justin and I were only 22 at the time, and so it was just like this whirlwind of like crazy, right? And so she was really little, and she was premature, meaning she's just not fully ready, not fully developed, not ready to like face the world yet, you know? So uh, she came really quick, and it's not like, you know, in the movies, it's like, oh, here's your baby, it's a boy, and they, you know, and you're like, oh, and then all those cute diaper commercials lately, you know, where it shows the little baby, oh, I love those commercials, and so it wasn't that, though, it was like, they quickly, like, she was born so quick, and then they were like, here she is, and then in, like, the half second that they let me look at her little face that was all bruised up, I was like, in my head, I thought, oh, she's so beautiful, and then, but the only thing I said is, oh, we need to buy pink things. That's it. That's all I said. Like, that's all I said, right? Like, I was, that's the, I'm like, oh, we need to buy pink things. Because we hadn't bought anything. Like, we weren't ready. She was eight weeks early. I'm like, oh, we got to buy pink things. And so they, um, they quickly rushed her and got her all hooked up to all of her things to help her survive, you know, because her lungs weren't fully developed, so she couldn't breathe on her own. She wasn't strong enough to eat yet, so they had to put this little tube right up her nose to feed her that way. And honestly, like, feeding her was just like little droplets because her tongue, like, her stomach was just so tiny, you know, and it was like, oh, hopefully she can keep it down, this little droplet of food. And, um, and they quickly transferred her. We were in Maple Ridge at the time, and they transferred her to Children's Hospital. And then Justin and I followed. And, uh, you know, it's this crazy sense of, like, I didn't know I could love someone so much. I just love her. Mixed in with all of this, like, fear, and is she going to be okay? And, you know, she's in the special care nursery at Children's, and she's all hooked up with all her tubes and monitors and everything. But you just feel this, like, oh, I just love her so much. I just love her so much. But you don't really get to hold her because she's got to be with all of her machines. And so uh, we went, and, you know, we were 22, and so things just were, like, happening really quickly. But for some reason, and I always look back and think, that was just God. But somebody let us just stay <laughs> in an empty room in an empty corridor of the hospital. They had closed down this section to do renovations, and someone just let us stay there. So it was honestly just Justin and I, and that was it. And so, you know, we'd, we'd go down and we'd sit beside her little incubator and talk to her, and then we'd make our way back up to the room, and we'd, like, sit in the room for a little while. And I think Justin maybe wheeled in, like, a Pac-Man game or something, like, on a TV screen, and and tried to pass some time, and then we'd be like, okay, yeah, let's go back and visit her again, and off we'd go back down, and we'd just sit there, and it was honestly just, that was it, you know, just, we just want to be with her, because we love her, and um, so that was the first day, the second day, and then the third day came, and there was this different feel going on, you know, and you could definitely get this sense of, like, the doctors and nurses were a little bit more like, yeah, you know, she's having a bit of a rough day today, and she's not doing as good, 
and she's having a bit of a harder time breathing. She just seems tired. She's really struggling. And so, you know, again, it's like, oh, I just love her so much. And this is really like, we have a baby. And then at the same time, it's like, oh, I just, I, I hope she's going to be okay. You know, and it just felt really different, really different. And at that point, I had, um, they had maybe let me hold her once or twice, you know, get her all out. And it was quite an ordeal, so they didn't like to do it too often. But that day, they said, they were like, oh, did the dad ever get to hold her yet? And I was like, no, not yet. So they, they actually let Justin hold her for the first time on the third day. And so they, you know, got her all out and got her all situated. And she's just this tiny little person. And um, so he got to hold her, you know, for the very first time on the third day. And it was really kind. You know, she was having a rough day, but they... They let him hold her, and um, and so then they were like, okay, we should put her back in now. You know, got to keep her warm. She can't really keep herself warm, so they got her all bundled back in, and she was laying on her tummy and got her cord situated, and we were just like, okay, well, I guess we should, you know, go grab some food, and then we'll come back, and so we were just talking to her through the little window, and she just, like, she opened her eye, the one little eye that we could see and she opened it up and she looked at us and that was the first time she had opened her eye in those three days she hadn't opened her eyes yet and she opened her little eye and in that moment it's just like God spoke to us and was like you know what she's gonna be okay she's gonna be okay right and I I walked away from that and I just felt like it was just this beautiful picture of you know like God holds us in his arms you know he is our father and he loves us and when we spend time with our Father, it's like our eyes are open and we can start to see. You know, things are going to be okay. Things are going to be okay. We're going to make it. Right? He gives us this vision because of the Father's love. And today I just want you to know that you are so loved, you know. And it's just about, just focus on the face of Jesus. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. Just look at his face he loves you and as you focus on him things are going to get more clear and he's going to give you that lens of you know hope and inheritance and power for you to look through because he loves you we hope that you enjoyed this edition of the vivid church podcast for more information about vivid church check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.